Welcome to the Sports Epreneur Podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide, a CatSource family production. In this episode, we discuss a baseball life, teaching, and growing your business on Instagram. This podcast exists in large part because of CatCM, the content marketing team inside CatSource Inc. So what does CatCM do? You know how many business leaders need help communicating their story? That's what we do. Content creation and content distribution for business leaders. This provides opportunities, relationships, and a platform for you and your business. Why do we do this? Because at CatCM, we exist to help entrepreneurs create and share amazing content. Learn more by visiting CatCM.com. Our guest today is David Ring, founder and owner of Canyonside Cages in San Diego, California. If you have a passion for something, you can make a lifestyle out of it. Just ask David, which we did. Through passion, hard work, and opportunity, and a viable market, David went for it, building Canyonside Cages to what it is today. Even more, David has built up his own personal brand through teaching, giving, sharing, both in person and on social media. If you like sports, baseball, and business, I think you'll enjoy this chat featuring David Ring. Let's get into it. I'm always fascinated by someone that can align their life with they're, what they're passionate about. And it sounds to me like you are just a baseball junkie. You love baseball. You've been playing baseball your whole life. Um, you're now working in a baseball business. Like, why baseball or really how did you get so into uh, the sport of baseball? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, I, that's a great question. I mean, I've loved baseball since I was a young kid. I mean, it's been my, it's been my thing. I played soccer growing up also. Um, ended up playing both sports in high school and, you know, it was, my love was more towards baseball. So I ended up choosing baseball for, for college. And, you know, ultimately, like you said, I mean, that wasn't my, my ideal choice coming out of college. It was, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so I had some random jobs and one day I answered an ad in the paper for a travel ball coach. And that kind of kicked it off about, about 13 years ago for the business side, but you know, I'm a huge baseball fan. We got the Padres out here. Um, been going to Padre games since I was a young kid. And, you know, overall, like you said, baseball is life. And that's really, the goal was to be a major leaguer, you know? And when, when things kind of changed through that aspect, you know, reality hit and I ended up playing some D3 ball and, you know, having a few trials here and there, but nothing really, you know, came out of it. And obviously, you know, as you get older, it, it kind of turns in the reality kind of set in. And, you know, once I got that opportunity to, to be a travel ball coach, I ended up working at another batting cage and giving lessons and kind of running camps and just kind of saw how guys would run the facility aspect and, and, you know, I did lessons, obviously. So I got a good opportunity to see the things to do and to not do, kind of opening up a business. And so that kind of gave me my start. And that's where it all kind of, you know, happened. I opened Canyonside about 10 years ago um, to this to this month, actually. So this is our 10-year anniversary this month, which is pretty cool. Um, had a lot of pro guys come in, college guys. I mean, it's just been, it's been incredible last couple of years. So, yeah been able to make it a business, make it a lifestyle. Um, we coach summer ball, college ball. So we're out on field for a couple months of the year. It's just been real cool. So well, I'd say, yeah, I mean, we I mean, do a lot of, a lot of baseball. 
Well, 10 years is a big deal. Um, and and I, I like that there's a serendipity aspect of it where you, you know, you're, you're responding to an ad and things just kind of go down this path. You obviously just have this love for baseball and playing all sports. And I want to talk about that a little bit too at some point in youth sports. Um, but having that serendipity and you had this bigger dreams, let's say, of playing Major League Baseball, but realizing you're right, the odds are low for anybody to, to make it to that. But that necessarily maybe wasn't your ultimate dream. Your ultimate dream was to just have a life that had baseball in it, um, by, exactly. it, that, that allowed you to have a lifestyle, right? So to live and pay the bills and do all those different things. And I think that's an incredible success to be able to do what you love because we, we talk to so many people. That's what, you know, being an entrepreneur is so much fun because you can kind of guide your own path, if you will, and, and go down and, and just get interested. We did that with our marketing business. You know, I've always been into communications and the stories that we tell and the genuine stories that we tell. And I was like, I was in the insurance business and we still are, right? But it was, there was more to it. I knew there was more to it, but I couldn't scratch that itch at another right. place where I was like, I had to do this and this is my job and the tasks that I have to do and the sales that I have to make. I was like, I can do this somewhere else. It requires a lot more work possibly, maybe just a lot, a lot more right. work, but that's what we love to do and have these types of conversations with someone like you, David. That's why this is so much fun. This is why doing a podcast like this is so much fun. And I like how you went and you worked at other cages. And not only were you learning how to teach better and work with people and communicate and work on your skills as just being a trainer, right? But you're watching how they're running things. And I think that applies to a lot of anybody, really. If you want to learn how to do something, you got to get in there. So I want to talk about that for a second because you go to this other places. Did you know at this time that you wanted to have your own business? Did you like know that there's this entrepreneurial thing inside of you and you're going to take it in and maybe at some point you can do this on your own? Yeah, I definitely, I didn't have that total insight into what an entrepreneur was in my early twenties, but my dad, you know, kind of instilled that in me. He was, he started his own business, worked for himself and, and, you know, he's the guy I kind of looked up to growing up. So, I mean, that's ultimately was my goal to, to run a business. It, it kind of came to my, you know, when I got into my thirties, it was like, I got to do something on my own. These guys are running business a certain way. And I know I could do marketing better, blah, 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 you know, certain things, like I said, I mean, I just kind of kept my eyes on the situation and it really opened my eyes to the way I wanted to run business, the way I wanted to do things. You know, I didn't just want to have a place where people just showed up and, and I wanted to, to have a good feel where people wanted to, to be there for more than an hour and train and hang out. And like you said, have that baseball feel where people could come in and, you know, want to be around and, and really develop instead of, coming in for a 30 minute lesson. Hey, here you go. Hit a little machine, take, take a few hacks here and there. And then that was it. So the, the entrepreneur side definitely came out of me a ton as I started to think about all these ideas, like, Hey, I could do this. I could open up my own business, you know? So ultimately I, I took the customers that I had that really liked doing lessons with me at the time. And, you know, I just kind of went all in and I didn't, I think a big thing for me is like, I, I tell this to people all the time that, that opened up a business. I, I didn't put a ton of money into my business when I first started, you know, I, I opened up 
probably I had like a 2,500 square foot facility. I opened up one cage. I had a machine that was used. I bought a lot of my stuff on Craigslist, you know, and it was more about me providing a product instead of me providing a nice facility. And, you know, and my dad kind of helped me with that idea. I wanted to go bigger and I wanted to do something that was, you know, a little bit more grand, but I think the way I, I, I went about it was perfect. You know, we, we ended up now we have the same facility with, you know, we put 20,000 into it recently as a result of, you know, all the, the hard work we've done all the years and, and it's just been great. So yeah, it's, I think it's a good story that we just started, we started small and really didn't invest our entire life savings, but most of it. And it wasn't about the nice things. It was about having stuff that we could, you know, find our niche and ultimately get our business kind of recognized. So 10 years ago, I mean, I wasn't making any money and that was, that was tough, but it's one of those things. I mean, you got to go through as an entrepreneur and the kind of, you know, you bite the bullet a little bit and 10 years later, I'm, here talking to you and sharing my story, right? That's it. No, well, you did it organically a lot. You know, you hear it all the time and um, investment, right? And startup money and seed money and angel investors. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, well, get out there if you have a good product and go sell it, right? You know, and you can sell it through marketing. You can sell it through door to door. However you got to sell it, go sell it. And people will come in and you can then double down. Like you win all in. But then go all into the point and then double down and but do it in a way and do it in an area that you love of the baseball right and that's what it's all about because that's why you get up every day to say i get to play baseball today or i get to help someone play baseball today or whatever that might be that allows you to say i got no problem doing that i can get out of bed i can go do this right i mean i'm sure that doesn't hurt so um you're helping people of all ages, right? From what I understand, major leagues, minor leagues, young players, you know, all that. I want to go back a little bit because you did this and you talked about you sports. You were playing baseball, you were playing soccer. I'm assuming you're probably running around playing football once in a while with your friends or basketball or what have you. And now you look at it, there's a specialization in sports. And I've heard both sides and it's like, there's probably multiple sides to the conversation. I don't even know if it's an argument, but um, youth sports, there's a lot of money at stake. It's big business now. As you know, you're in a business that, that, that in a way, is a part of that. Um, I don't think this specialization was even available, say, 20 years ago. I talked to a recent football player. He played at Illinois. Marcus Williams played for the Buffalo Bills and multiple other teams. And he says that a lot of youth sports uh, specialization is coming about because there's availability to actually specialize. We're back in the day. When football season ended, it ended, and you went on and you played the next sport, and then you played the next sport, and on and on. Now you can do it differently. But then there's sides to say if you over-specialize, you could have burnout. You could have injuries because you're using the same muscles over and over again. But you played multiple sports. You're working with people of all ages right now. Like, what are you seeing? Because I look at it as go out and have fun. Once it's not fun anymore, then you got to probably make it fun or do something different. Um, and, you know, and, and try it all, try all the different sports because it can't all hurt if you're playing all these different things. But I'm just curious as to someone like who's running a business, who's played the sport, you played division three baseball, what's your take on the state of youth sports and you know, all that I just said? Yeah, there's a lot of, especially in San Diego. I mean, we, we get guys that play year round here because of the weather and 
I mean, it's definitely something, it's definitely an issue. I feel, I recommend to all my students to play other sports. I talked to one of my ninth graders or incoming ninth graders the other day. And, you know, he's playing basketball, he's playing beach volleyball. And I'm like, man, that's great. And you keep it up. You know, I played soccer. I've lettered in soccer and baseball. Um, I played tennis growing up. I mean, it, I, I ran some cross country in high school. I mean, it was just stuff to keep me busy. I think kids need to take breaks more than they really do now. Um, and that's one of the things I recommend at times. There's There can be mental burnouts, and there's also this burnout with the body. And you can see some certain kids, you know, when they plateau in certain areas of the sport. I, I, I feel the break and playing other sports is what creates less of that plateau. And the big thing for me, I mean, I, I work with kids year round. And like you said, it's a, I have a year round business, so I've got to give lessons year round. <clears throat> but then again, I also slow down in certain times of the year. And I feel like, you know, for instance, September is my slowest month at the facility. I feel like it's a great time for guys to kind of get back into school, take some time off from playing baseball. Um, you know, whether you still want to work out, whether you still want to, you know, go hit a little bit. I just, I feel like it's a big part of, you know, my athletic development and my ability to kind of reduce injuries at times. So I was, I wasn't a guy that got injured a ton in high school and I had a few injuries in college, but they were minor. And I just think it was, you know, due to the fact that, you know, I, I, I did some running outside. I did some, you know, agility in soccer. I did some, I mean, I played goalie here and there too. It was, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm on board with, with what you're saying. I feel like the, the kids these days need to play multiple sports. They need to be doing things year round, but not throwing year round. I mean, that, that's one of the things that like a kid will play shortstop and catch and, pitch like four innings one day and then go play shortstop after it. And then next weekend they got a couple more games. And I mean, that's when I definitely see that part of the, the, the problem. And that's that epidemic is where kids are going to get hurt. And I'm not a big fan of that. So. Right. Trying to throw your arm out in, in ninth or 10th grade, right. And get Tommy John surgery, <laughs> which you've heard a lot about, yeah, right. Exactly. You know, but you're not, but you're not in the major exactly. league level where you have those team doctors that are, you know, can handle it and manage it on a, you know, minute by minute basis. Right. Exactly. And yeah, it's just overuse. And that's, you know, at, at an adolescent age compared to an adult age, you know, an adult can overuse a little bit and bounce back from that. But the, the youth kids are not bouncing back. And so, yeah, I'm a big fan of taking breaks. You know, kids can hit a ton. I mean, there's a certain aspects they've got to take breaks. Catchers need to take breaks. Pitchers need to take breaks. Um, you just need to overall, you know, not work out seven days a week at times. I've got some some high school kids that... You know, I want to work out that much at times. I just want to get ready for college, and I, I appreciate the work, but it's like at times you got to give your body a break. So that's my take pretty much. Yeah, no, it's a good take, and I think it's important. Um, it's hard because there's so many coaches. So and kind of going back on that real quick is you can specialize, 
but you can also, like you said, take breaks and diversify. So you can diversify within your own sport, I think is a lot of what you're saying. And you can diversify outside of your own sport, right? I always heard like, if you're going to play shortstop, well, go play point guard, you know, or, or go mess around in the basketball court. You don't have to go play organized sports. I mean, I think a lot of what I had growing up is, yeah, we played organized sports, but we also went onto the field, you know, they call the sandlot or whatever you want to do. It was that, right? But there's different ways to do it. Right. You could diversify internally at your own sport. But now... A lot of it is organized sports, and there's a lot of coaching, right? There's there's dads coaching, and it's great. It's a volunteer, and we need that, right? I've coached before, but I wasn't a baseball expert. I knew baseball, and I could coach some things and here and there, but I wouldn't be like you would be mm-hmm. or like some of these other coaches, and I knew my place. I knew where I was in the pecking order, but I watched other parents. I watched daddy ball play out in front of me, and it's frustrating, and you see all the politics that go into it, and then you see some coaches that think they know that they're God's gift to coaching, right, and all that, and it's it's difficult, and then you can get into higher levels, and you see some coaching that's going on, and and there's there's travel for baseball, there's travel ball, then there's high school ball, and for soccer, there's club soccer and high school soccer, and there's just different right. styles. I think at the in a way, I think all of it's good. You're playing the sport that you love, you're having fun, you're seeing it from different perspectives, which you know I love that. We always talk about entrepreneur perspectives we have a podcast for that right so which is this is what it's going to be on and we have another one sportsypreneur but the point is i think that's all good until it's not that anymore until there's bad advice until it's all a money mm-hmm. grab until there's too much politics involved now i don't think you can i don't think we're going to shake that on this conversation right i think that's just the way it is and that's why it's important to surround yourself with good people like you said when you started your business get your dad involved yeah. get the right people involved but no different for that kid that is an aspiring athlete and wants to play baseball to somehow get connected, whether that's you or somebody else in another part of the country or anywhere else, to get with the right people. But I know that's probably frustrating, and I, I must think that you see that a lot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I th- my last take on that would be really about, you know, a lot of kids come in and they just don't have natural movements and natural um you know, certain things that you pick up when you don't play organized baseball, when you play unorganized wiffle ball, you know, and the things that certain kids pick up when they're playing by themselves, when they're being challenged by a quick wiffle ball, when they're having to compete with their friends in that unorganized manner, I just don't see that as much. And so all this organized baseball that you see these days is taking away from the kids going to the park and doing things on their own and picking up these natural movements where, you know, they play a ton of games and, and they're expected to learn how to get around the ball in a game setting. You know, they're not learning certain movements outside of the game. And that's, I think one of the other things I'm not a big fan of is the kids need to develop, you know, even our college league that we coach in, we're we're huge on the development aspect. I mean, yes, we we play 35 games in two months, but we want guys coming into the shop, you know, working on their routines, hitting three to four times a week outside the games, you know, taking ground balls, working on, you know, flips and scoops and all that stuff. So I just don't see that at the youth level, and it's going to continue to suffer at the college level. And you can see it suffering at the major league level a little bit where, you know, some people talk about the fundamentals are lacking in certain, in certain aspects. You don't see the hit and runs anymore. You don't see the bunts. You just see guys that are doing one dimensional things, which 
ultimately will hurt the game in the long run because people people admire that type of stuff. People want to see players that can do it all, you know, players that have a high average, right? Players that can run. So that's one of that's my last take on it. Really, is I'd like to see more kids playing less organized ball, yeah, being in their backyard with their their brother and trying to strike each other out with a nasty wiffle ball curve, you know? <laughs> yeah. And take that blitz ball and do whatever you want with it, you know? So, yeah. No, absolutely. I, think I mean, that's, I'm, that's a big part of, I think, what what's missing with a lot of my students these days. And I, I definitely notice that. And I tell kids, go home and play in the backyard. Like, I think you guys need to challenge yourselves more outside of your lessons. Obviously, I'm going to teach them stuff, but then there's a, there comes a point where you're overcoaching and and all you're doing is showing this kid what to do instead of him learning things through naturally. watching the game. Yeah, and naturally. Yeah, exactly. no, I think you're right. I think there's, I, and I agree with that. And so it's like you're talking about repetition. I always notice that games are important, right? Because you get the you get the setting. You know, get to know what it feels like. And there's things that happen. You can't simulate those things in a game. So game experience is great, but then it's like, well, we're over simulating. We're doing too many games and not enough reps because we could play a game and I could get four at bats. But if I did reps, I could have had 40 at bats, right? So it's like, well, what did I get more practice? No, they they both apply. And then the other aspect, like you said, is fun. Go out in the backyard, grab whatever you can grab, grab a stick and a ball and, and, you know, and there's there's something to it. Because like you said, the game needs it. The game could suffer as a result because people want to see the ball in play. They want to see action. They don't want it just to be pitch, either strike or a home run and or a pop out or a ground. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, that gets boring after a while. And I want to touch on that in a minute, too. But um, there's there's no doubt a lot of it, a lot of that. And a lot of what we talked about, too, I think all impacts the mental side of the game. You know, and, and my son played Little League Baseball and I played, you know, and it's it's a challenge, right? They always talk about go stand in the batter's box and face someone throwing the ball. You know, it's all relative. So if you're in major league, someone's throwing that thing 97 miles per hour. But when you're younger, it's all relative. That ball's coming at you pretty fast and you don't know where it's going. And you don't have the confidence. So that's one aspect mm-hmm. of mental. But then there's the mental of there's so many coaches, there's people talking, there's people yelling, there's other distractions and kids are running around. I mean, I don't know how they even possibly do it, but you do it. You get over it, but but add all of these different things up, and the parents, and then they get in the car on the way home, and the father wants to know why they're the mother wants to know why they didn't hit the ball well. Who knows what all is going on? All I know is there's a lot of mental in all of sports. I just had a conversation with a high school football coach in Michigan, and he was talking about how mental all you know football is, and you see that as well because kids and it's not just kids it's professionals we've seen like chris davis right couldn't hit a baseball save his life anymore he's a major league player this stuff is happening and the mental could apply to hitting it could apply to any aspect of just the mood that you're in how as Mm -hmm. a leader in the baseball community are you handling the mental sides of youth sports of baseball and for for all that are a part of the sport yeah, that's, what, I mean, that's one of the first things we actually talk about with hitters when they come in. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go through a, a list of questions, kind of, you know, hey, you know, what positions you play. Well, you know, I'll just kind of get the ball rolling. And that'll be one of the things I'm talking about with them right away. It's like, so when you go on the plate, give me a general situation. What are you trying to do? Um, you know, and a lot of times the first thing I hear out of them is, you know, especially a hitter would be, they just make contact or, you know, say a, 
a pitcher that's <clears throat> having trouble throwing strikes. They're just up there trying to throw it over the plate. So the, the intent aspect and then is, is not there with the majority of kids. And that's one of the things that I grew up, I feel like having, I had that swag. I had that intent. It would go up and down at times cause I'd lose confidence. And, you know, when I was young, I was afraid of the ball at times I tell kids, but Overall, I mean, that's a big, humongous part of what we do. We, we teach the kids to compete. We teach the kids to ultimately believe in themselves to the highest extent because, hey, if you're going to put in this work, you're going to learn. So when we go, going back to the hitting stuff, I mean, I tell every kid, you're learning the, the, the best stuff you could possibly learn, swing mechanics. I mean, we're going to teach you what the pros do. You know, so if you can instill that confidence in yourself, no matter what's happening and, and believe that the work that you're putting in is going to give you the results, whether you go 0 for 4 or you go 4 for 4, you go back home, you put in the work like you've been doing every day, you should continue to believe that you're ready to go. And, and you know, through that kind of process, I mean, that's literally one of the first things we talk about. We work on the swing, yes, but... I can change a kid's swing instantly through their intent. You know, I'll have a lot of guys come in and tell me they're trying to hit ground balls. I mean, and you can see they get off the tee and they'll just get balls ground, ground, ground. And through trying to do something a little more uncomfortable, like, Hey, let's, what happens if you hit one to the outfield? I know you're trying to make contact. You're trying to bear the ball, but what if you try to hit one? over the center fielder's head on this next swing. And ultimately, you know, that starts to kind of seep in a little bit. We have a lot of, we have hitters that you can tell that are really confident after they figure out, okay, this, my swing works. This is legit. Like what are we working on works really well. I've just got to believe in my routine. And if my routine, if I stick to that routine every day, then it shouldn't matter how I feel. Like if I go over four one day, it shouldn't matter. And I felt like crap that day. We'll go back and stick to your routine. And in the long run, the things are going to play out for you. If you can stay confident in what you're doing. And, you know, I, I talked to a lot of coaches like you. And one of the coaches that I talked to was the head coach at Clemson. And he's a big, a big intent guy, you know, and it's all relative to the person that you are. So for me, I wasn't a big home run guy. My intent would be line drives over the second baseman shortstop's head. I could beat the center fielder. I could beat the right fielder with line drives if I went that way or left fielder. But I wasn't, my intent wasn't, say, what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is trying to do on certain swings. You know, so I'm a big believer in monitoring the intent and making sure that every hitter is confident, but their intent is appropriate for the player that they are. So that's, yeah, that's a big part of our our training. We're constantly talking about how to essentially fit the mold of the player that you want to be and stick to the results that, you know, for instance, if you're hitting the ball 80 miles an hour consistently, well, then you shouldn't be hitting fly ball all the time. You should be hitting, line drives into the gaps and, and, and not getting too huge with your intent because you're going to fly out. So 
we monitor that aspect and we want to make sure that we instill confidence because if you can be confident in a baseball game it really in life it's a it's such a good training tool i mean like the spotlight is on you on the field everyone's watching the hitter the pitcher or whoever the ball fit to so that confidence <clears throat> hopefully turns into you know communication skills and being able to talk to your coach well, ask questions, you know, being a good guy in the dugout, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's a great question, man. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a good answer. I use the word intent multiple times, and I think it's great because it applies in everything, right? It can apply to your business with a new employee coming here. What's their intent, and where are they trying to go with things? And to apply it simply in baseball and the mental aspect and, and really what their expectation is with all that. I think it's just... We always like to draw the parallels in sports and business, and it's it's very similar. And um, it's a lot of fun when you look at it like that, and you can help someone get on that path to realize, like, you know, this should be your intent based on what we can see that you're doing, and then maybe you can change it, you know, over the course of time um, as you develop as a player and helping these players out. And you're obviously doing this already with a lot of youth players, and you know, you're helping others as well. It's probably a little bit different, I would imagine, working with, say, a minor or a major leaguer. Um, and I don't know if you could talk about the types of players that you're training or not, but when they come in, and I always, you know, always tell someone, we all can get better. So when, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. just said, when someone like that has obviously has a coach, right? He's got a team, but he's got his own special coaches, right? The players you're training have their own special coaches. This applies in business. What are you doing to get better? You know, the best of the best in the world are trying to get better. They're coming to see you, right? To get help from you on this sport. What's that like to to see where you're at and the business that you have and that you're having an impact on some of the highest, you know, caliber athletes that you could possibly have in this country? Yeah, that's been that's been a super exciting, man. I mean, I've worked super hard to kind of get to the point where I've been and then really seen that hard work come to the surface the last couple of years. I mean, we've had some real high profile hitters. I mean, I've flown out to Arizona and, and had a chance to you know, work with some major leaguers in the off season here. And it's, it's a real treat. I mean, it's a whole nother level of, teaching and that's one of the things I get most excited about is is getting to talk to a hitter that has that major league mind that's been at that level I mean and the surprising thing is is you'd think that they're able you know being at that point having played baseball for for so many years and done it a certain way for so long you'd think that these guys would have trouble kind of adjusting certain things. And I was surprised how I was able to kind of help certain guys, you know, with their movement patterns, with, you know, ultimately becoming more efficient. So that was, that was, it, it was extremely fun for me the last couple of years. I mean, I have some guys come into the facility, um, the facility and, and just kind of seeking out some extra information. So, you know, overall it's been, that's been the, you know, the, the direction that I've, I want to take my, you know, my experience and my, my job eventually. I want to work with more college guys, high school guys, um, and especially pro guys. I don't know if it would fit to be a, you know, a major league hitting coach someday, but 
I mean, that that's ultimately the goal. You know, I've, I don't think I was thinking that 10 years ago, but, you know, I've reset my goals and, and I kind of want to take, you know, that aspect as far as I can, obviously. I mean, that's going to be the most fun part. I mean, I had a guy in AAA this year hit, I think he had 28, 29 home runs. So that was super fun to watch him kind of do his thing and, and to really like ultimately change his swing throughout a season. That was one of the things I was most impressed about is being able to make certain adjustments uh, throughout a season. You know, I would talk to him, you know, after a game sometimes and tell him, Hey, you, you did this and this on, you know, you got to keep working on, these certain little details and, you know, I would see a swing from the next game and he'd, he'd make these adjustments. So, you know, that's been super exciting. Hopefully that turns into more, I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of crack that, that trust with major league hitters. Um, so with that being said, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone really understands the power of social media because majority of these guys are hitting me up on social media, which is the craziest part to me. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do this. Well, that you know, was my next question. Where... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's we're not talking so... if it's not for Instagram right now, right? Mike at our office <laughs> had reached out to you, really liked your content. He's like, have you seen them stuff before? So right. looking at it, so have to have this conversation. And it was literally, my next question was about branding. Is it about you know, and, and social media is just a tool and what's the next tool and Instagram's really hot and obviously would work for you right now, but it is unbelievable <laughs> what can happen if you put yourself out there and have, and you're giving, right? You're not just asking, say, call me at this number, 619, whatever, and I'll coach you, right? No, it's, you're sharing, you're giving, you're, you're showcasing, you're branding yourself. And like you just said, so like, so you're telling me that these players, wherever they might be, high school, college, pros, are seeing your content and then sending you direct messages on Instagram to say they want to learn more about what you do? Yeah, that's exactly what's happened, man. I've got all my major league guys I've got through through either Twitter or Instagram. Um, one of the guys I've met, he's a San Diego guy, so that worked out really well. There's not a ton of – I mean, there are, but there's – there's not like a hundred major leaguers that are in San Diego. So um, I've had to drive out, you know, a couple hours outside of San Diego and, and go reach out to guys. But yeah, it's like social media. You got to understand is one of the best tools if you're trying to grow a business. And it's really hard, you know, and it took me years and years to build it towards to where I am today with the Twitter. I think I've got like 13,000 and then, I mean, I'm still like, I don't, compared to other big counts, I mean, I'm really small on the totem pole, but I do, I have put in the work and so it's, and it has really paid off because the more content I put out there, where, whether it is, is drills or, um, you know, just my hitter swinging, obviously that sells kind of what we do anyways. And that's been the, the hugest part of my business. I put, you know, at least a couple hours in, maybe an hour and a half of time into Instagram every day, just kind of reaching out to people, making my posts, making sure that 
you know, I have an online academy too. So if people like from all over the country want to hit me up on Instagram and send me some videos, well, I can, I can get them going on video analysis instantly. So, I mean, simple as reaching out to me through that and Hey coach, can you take a look at my swing? Um, and that's ultimately how it started with a couple of guys. Like, yeah, I'm trying to take my swing to the next level. I'm, I'm doing this and this, what do you see? And, and it, and it goes from there. So yeah, I would say, suggest to anyone that's listening, man, it's, you know, I, I started with, with nothing, you know, and it's basically just, I've got like 4,000 posts on my Instagram, you know, and it's all about, for me, been putting out good content and just trying to, like you said, give out information so people understand the product and the product is the information I put out really. It's, hey, this is what we do. This is what the facility looks like, all that. So yeah, man, social media has been, has been huge for us. I mean, we didn't have the money to put into marketing when I first opened. I barely had the money to put into, you know, buying nets and buying, right. I, I went 10 years without, without turf in my facility. Yeah. You know? So I, I, we had cement and we put a few mats down and, you know, we rolled from there. So you got to make do with what you got. Yeah. And, it's and been, exactly. Well, and it doesn't, you know, there's different ways to do it. And it's not even about how many followers you have, especially, you know, as, as we continue down this path of what it means that, you know, uh, be genuine in social media, um, because there's not a lot, there is a lot of it, but there's also not a lot of it, if that makes any sense. But, you know, it's, um, you can engage with people, you can reach out to them and you can be genuine and, and have great conversations. And right. that's really all it's about. And if that leads to someone wanting to come to your facility or talk to you on the phone, well, that's an opportunity now. What you do with that opportunity, it depends, you know, but it's gotta be real, real conversation. And so I think it's awesome to hear that story um, because that's what it is about. And it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. Uh, and sometimes, you know, people are like, well, what's the ROI on that? I don't know how you measure that sometimes. You know, I get it. You can say, how many likes did this yeah. post get? And this, I, you know, it's not all about ROI. Trust me. And, I, you know, my business partner is a finance guy, and we talk about it quite a bit. And, you know, there's certain things you can just feel as it go in the right direction. We talk about this on a lot of articles and podcasts that we do. But sometimes it's just putting the good stuff out there, and you see some good stuff come back uh, if you're doing it the right way. And, and it, like I said, we have an article that says, this stuff works. And it does. And this stuff being content, content marketing, social media, whatever tool or thing that you're doing. And I think it's pretty awesome that you're doing that. Um, I think it's great. The business that you're building, like we talked about at the beginning, um, living the life, the baseball life that is. And um, <laughs> real quick, I want to ask you one question. Then I want I want you to share You know how people get a hold of you. And we got to wrap this up. But yeah. You mentioned this before, just the state of baseball and what people are watching and the future of the game. But maybe like in a minute or less, like, if you can, what's the what do you see as the the state of baseball today, um, and maybe the future for the game? And obviously, looking at it from the big leagues, but just all the way down. Yeah, my take on that, real quick, is fundamentals need to we need to put a high price on fundamentals. Coaches need to be working on you know the small things with guys. You know, needs to start at an early age. You know, I'm getting college players that fundamentally don't know how to run the bases, don't know how to get around a ground ball. And so I can, I can see it as a result of playing too many games, there's a lack of kind of that natural development. So 
I would tell all the guys out there to, that are listening to really continue to let the kids be kids, try to develop them naturally, let them play wiffle ball, you know, really show them the fundamentals. Cause like I said, the game suffering in that aspect, you know, the hit and runs, the, the high average hitters, you're not seeing those guys, the DJ, the Mayhews of the world. I mean, then we need to see more of those guys, you know, on every team and, and ultimately guys that, really take pride in doing the small things well. So that's my hot take. Right yeah, there. that's what we need. You know, in baseball, you know, my dad grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, big Indians fan. Uh, baseball, he played football, obviously, too, but baseball is a sport, America's pastime. Um, you know, the state of Major League Baseball, there's, there's a lot of good, but, you know, and, and they're making a lot of money, but there's some concerns there, too. There's empty stadiums. Um, there's games that just kind of drag on. Uh, there's a lot of strikeouts, a lot of home runs. Like we talked about before, we want to right. see the ball in play. Um, the players are incredible. We've talked to some major leaguers, and, you know, uh, Tom Murphy, who's a catcher for the Seattle Mariners, we had him on, and he's, you know what? He's like, there's just a lot of really good players out there, and when one great player goes up against another one, sometimes that's what you're going to see, um, So, which is a good point. You know, I never thought about it like that. So it's um, – you know, it, it should be good because it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's it's there's nothing like going to a ballpark and taking in a game, and especially if it's a good atmosphere and it's a good park and, and like you said, if we can get better fundamentals going with the game, I think it can help everybody out and that's why people like you exist, right? So, uh, what's the best way? Obviously, you have an Instagram account. Uh, I know you have your website, but what's uh, what's your Instagram handle and what's the best way people can get a hold of you and learn more about you and your uh, your facility? Yeah, thanks, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on once again. Um, everyone can reach me at Canyonside Cages on Instagram, at David Ring 4 on Twitter. Um, I have a YouTube page it's under Canyonside Cages. That's where we, we have all of our drills. Um, if you want to get to, you know, kind of an inside look of the things that we do with our hitters, um, we put a lot of stuff on YouTube. And if you want to send us, you know, want to start training, send us an email, R at Gmail. That's great, man. Well, this is a lot. Right there. Yeah, it's very easy, and you know, definitely check it out. It's great content, like we were talking about before. Um, but it's that's why it's always fun. So I love having a podcast and, and running a business is talking to people like you. And you know, I say that a lot, but I mean it um, because sometimes you just don't know how that conversation is going to go and how what what is the other person all about and where do they stand. So. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and hopefully we can stay in touch and you know talk offline as well, um, just to learn more about what you have going on because this is what it's all about. But David, I appreciate your time and energy and and what you're doing for the world of baseball, and uh, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks, brother. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. One of my favorite things about our sports epreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people like David Ring. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sports Epreneur. Thank you for listening to the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Now go get it.